Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Uh, Thanksgiving holiday has just been complete. Got rid of that itis. Back at him. <laughs> Had to do a little heat check. We're about, what, 25% through the season? Yes, yes. So, want to touch base on a bunch of different topics going on around the NBA. But first and foremost, got to hit you on. Probably one of the bigger stories I think we've seen. It was almost a Malice in the Palace part due. We had LeBron, Isaiah Stewart. You had some very, very, very good opinions <laughs> on that whole situation. So now we have time to digest, process, look at all different angles back and to the left, like the JFK vid <laughs> over and yeah, over again. Yeah. Need to know, after you reviewed the video, your expert opinion as a former Hooper, did LeBron deliberately hit Isaiah Stewart in the face? I, I always say it's a, it's a deliberate accident. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, it's a box out on a free throw line. So you have, you know, at that time, you have DeAndre Jordan, who's pushing Isaiah into LeBron, right? So usually that, that middle guy is trying to get the offensive rebound, right? So his movement is that way. Well, he's, getting, he's being pushed into LeBron. Well, if you're holding on to a player, of course the player is going to do the off me, yeah. you know, movement. So that's what LeBron was doing. So he was purposely like, yo, back up. Didn't realize his face was actually there. Yeah. You know, that's where the accident comes from. Because when you're playing, you, you know, a big man get the rebound, you're hanging on them. They always do the same thing. You know, like, back up. You know, they're not really trying to hit you. They're just like, you know, that little scare tactic. And, you know, Isaiah just got caught. Okay. You know, that's what it is. So it was, it was done on purpose, but accidental to the face. Because the Twitter detectives out there, uh, you know, after reviewing the video, they said LeBron deliberately with malicious intent went for his grill. No, 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 no. You say no. You're, you're, no, you're, you're, as a hooper, when somebody's into you and it's a LeBron's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to hold on and you're like, man, yo. Chop, like, but it, usually, you know, as a player, you you see it come like, oh, okay, yeah. all right. That's how that's how we playing. You know, because big men do it all the time when you're hanging on them. They sit there and get the rebound and they do one of those. Like, and the player just, some players know how to react well where it looks like they got hit and fault, <laughs> Mark Smart, <laughs> <Yeah>. falls. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, so there's, there, there's people who take advantage of those. But, you know, for the most part, it's usually, you know, that warning, get off of me because you're, you're hanging on. And do you feel like, obviously you said, Isaiah Stewart's going to end up in Budapest <laughs> if, he did, if he did get to LeBron. Do you feel like his reaction was, I mean, because, look, as any human being, I don't care who it is, LeBron catches me with that bow, my face starts bleeding, I'm on national TV. Okay, I know I'm gonna get clowned on every. So I have to respond. Okay, so the first the first two minutes was understandable, and then it became overboard. Because yeah. so you're you're it's not like LeBron was aggravating you, like trying to be tough. Like yo, what's that man? Forget your face. You know I did it and what? Let's let's. He's not doing that. You know he's checking his watch. You know, you know, probably looking at his Fitbit to see how many calories he's lost. Who, who knows? He's checking his little wristbands and stuff. He's not engaging. So the fact that you know Isaiah is still trying to get to a player who's not even engaging. He's not like he has no skin in this right now. Like oh shit, I up my bad. You know what I mean? Like you're now you're now you become the aggressor. And that's what ends up happening. It's like, he was the aggressor because he elbowed you. Your first reaction is your response. And then he's, he's no longer in this picture, and you're still making it a scene. And that's, <laughs> that's where it became unnecessary. I mean, kudos to all the, the Detroit security who got out the way. I'm not trying to deal. I mean, if a dude's bleeding and running around, I'm not trying to deal with all that. That's the problem. The, the security, your job is to contain, not but, get out of the way. Like, like, I'm not getting he's blown. coming! Not, in a pandemic, I'm not getting blown <laughs> up by any human being, especially not Isaiah Stewart. But it seems like, you know, you look at Kobe, MJ, ghosts get tested. But LeBron has really never been tried by anybody. Do you feel like guys fear LeBron? Like, are they afraid of LeBron and what could happen? Because I don't know. I don't know if LeBron has hands or not, but okay, I'm well, not going to find out. It ain't, about, it ain't about being afraid of. It's just, you know, over time, it's changed. You know, like back when Jordan you know, play fines were $5,000. So, you know, somebody like Vernon Maxwell didn't care about what Jordan was talking about. He was take a swing for $5,000. You know, you know, you move on to the Kobe era where, you know, you're going against Chris Childs, you know. You know that cost Chris Childs, you know, the end of his career. Let's be honest, you know, after that contract was up, nobody touched you. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you got a nice little two-piece in, but it that was it. worth it. That two-piece you know, was not worth it. At this point, the... The suspensions and fines cost too much to challenge a superstar. I mean, it, you, you really have to be, like, 
That's why I said he's going to have to get drug tested because you really have to be off to actually go through with something like that because it costs too much. Like LeBron, one suspension, $400,000. Trust me, brother, I don't give a shit what you say on that court. You're not worth $400,000. <laughs> okay? You're not worth four hundred. dollars So I'm not swinging. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean? It just, it just doesn't matter. It just, it just costs too much. All right, let's move on to another pressing topic. Kevin Durant, uh, during the game, they caught wind of his ankle. It, <laughs> it, it appeared to be grayscale gray level ashiness. So I just want to know, was that the ashiest ankle that you've ever seen? No, no. So what ends up, well, okay, what ends up happening, um, <laughs> like, there's, there, <laughs> that's funny. What ends up happening is this. When you're going through a routine, right, um, sometimes you forget to re-put back on lotion. Okay. So, like, you know, some, some guys do, like, ice-cold tubs for their legs before. So they'll get all in their uniform and then do ice cold right before game. Then like, oh shit, put your socks back on. Yeah. Not realize, let me put lotion back on and do all that. So, you know, it, it, sometimes it's just a routine of, of what happens before games. So before a game though, cause I'd imagine lotion's gonna make your hands slippery. That might impact your shot a little bit. How, how early before a game are you gonna moisturize and get your- You gotta, you gotta remember, you're. Getting ready for the game. When you're leaving home, you're moisturized. Okay. You go to the game, you, 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 you work out, you do all that, right? Some people take showers after, um, after they work out before the game, you know? So are they going to remember to put on lotion before the game? Yeah. Um, like I used to put on lotion because it helped me sweat. Okay. You know what I mean? So I'll put on lotion in certain spots just to help me sweat. Um, I wouldn't put it on my arm. You know, I, I, it's just, just certain things I just wouldn't put it on. Like, I'll use gloves, you know, because I don't want this hand, you know. Okay. You know, just, it, it's just it's just certain things people did. So, like, I remember Mello, like, I remember Mello came in, um, and he used to, and it, 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 I started doing it. He'd go in, he came into the locker room, and then he, um, he went to the cold tub, hot tub, cold tub. And I'm like, yo, what, what are you doing? He said, it helps my legs recover. So I have fresh legs before the game starts. Oh. So that became part of my routine. Okay. Go in, come out, go in, and then when the game's dried off, and then put the socks back on. Ashy. So, so <laughs> Gil, you were playing Ashy then? Yeah, you play, okay. you, you, okay. sometimes you just, okay. you, you, you forget. Sometimes. So you understand what KD yeah. is going through. It's, yeah. not, it's not that big of a deal. But, but you, you see, he wears, high, like, but you oh. see where he, high, he, he wears high socks. Okay. Yeah. You know, so you know, sometimes you just be like, I, I respected I, it. I ain't worried about it, God. When you're rich, you could be ash. You could start a whole new trend. You could do those type of things where you're getting KD and Gil yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me personally, my knuckles are ash. I'm getting it. It just that. happens. It, it just happens. So now let's move on to what's really going on in the league right now. Golden State Warriors, you know, first 20 games, 18 and two. How to start in the league? Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say now? You know, we've talked about them in previous shows. Is it fair to say now that this team is is the top contender to come out of the West? I mean, you know. Without without Clay, um, they are playing beautiful basketball. I mean, I'm, you know, we can't we can't take that away. I mean, we knew Kirby was gonna. This was what Kirby was gonna do this year. I mean, if you seen what he was doing last year, coming back, you know, um, you know, back into his element, you knew it was gonna happen. Um, didn't think the the group around him would have stepped up to the challenge of, you know, um, you know, being in sync, you know, with him. So that, that is a surprise. But how Curry's playing is not the surprise. It's how everybody around him is actually playing also. So, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson, amongst other people, in Warriors Twitter saying Steph is the best player in the world right now. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? You know, okay, being the best in the world and playing like the best in the world is, is two different things. Um, being, you know, the most valuable player in this moment or the valuable player in this league. Like if, if we take what everyone's doing right now and then we say, all right, we're going to draft, right? LeBron and KD is going to be number one and two. Okay. You, know, you know what I mean? That's just, that's just how it is. Um, at this moment in time, playing like the best player in the world, yes, hands down. 
So you're telling me you're taking LeBron and KD over a Steph right now. If you had to look if, at what's if, going on in the league currently right now through 21, 22 games, and you were still redrafting, you're still going to go with LeBron. Every, no, no, everyone is. This is just not me. Everyone. If you're, if you're going to do a draft and you're going to say, all right, as everyone is playing right now, yes, LeBron, KD, Giannis might go three. So maybe. Maybe Giannis might go. It's between Steph and Giannis at, at he's the first guard, <laughs> okay. hands down. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, he, he brings, you know, you got to remember, the, the people who's going to be in front of him are multiple position players. You know, players who can play one through five, basically, one through four. They, they can, you know, guard a lot of people on defense. You know, Steph is a guard who's just dynamic, you know, at what he does. So, you know, you're, if he's slipping, he's not slipping because of the play. It's just these positions, I can, I can cover more ground with these positions. Okay. You know That's what I mean? Fair. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna make sure the words Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, man now. You know what I mean? I can just cover more pieces to pick with these. Uh, you know, but first guard, no, hands down. One, come on, let's go. So Steph, now I think you know a lot of people have tried to make the the claim that Steph is the best point guard in NBA history. When you look at you know, I'm a Magic guy myself, but that just is what it is. I'm not gonna sit here and argue and debate. But where would you put Steph in that point guard discussion? Is Steph the best point guard in your mind in NBA history? You know, I remember I said that Steph, to me, wasn't a top five point guard, right? It's a difference. Point guard and guard. Like, it's unfair to the definition of what we think are point guards. Um, his title is point guard. But when he, you say, all right, Magic, um, John Stockton, um, you know, Mark Jackson, those type of point guards. Yeah, throwing Steph in that category is like, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't want to have 16,000 points and 15,000 assists and then Steph finish his career and he's at 26,000 points and 10,000 assists. Hands down, those 6,000 assists I have over him are meaningless compared to his points over mine. But, you know, that role has changed. So, it's just, it's, it's just one, of those, it's, it's one of those things that it, it evolved so drastically that it's unfair to the past by having Steph pushed in. Like, just like when Iverson, but Iverson... Iverson was listed as a shooting guard. Yeah. You know, so Steph jumping. All these new guards, Steph, Westbrook, all these guys jumping into that point guard category and they're competing against a pass first guys. They're just going to blow them out of waters and pick. So as a guard who played point guard, who played that one position, I, I, I can put him top three. Okay. I mean, I would always say, like, if you're going to make Steph a point guard, you got to LeBron. LeBron. LeBron's got to be a point guard, too. You, you know, can't call him a small 40. He's initiating the offense. He might, he might be that defensively with your defensive schemes, but... But you got to remember, the people who will be picked in front of him in that position are somebody like Magic, who played one, two, three, four, five, five positions. LeBron, who's playing one through, you know, five positions. Um, six, you know what, I'll do this. Six, four, and under? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So if there's anybody bigger than him, you know, Magic or LeBron, then, you know, six, yes. So I'm, I'm going to shift it to Steve Kerr. I know he's his only guy. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs> I know, you know, our producer Danny in the background. I know how you guys, Bear down. You guys roll with each other and really uh -huh. rock with each other. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So Steve Kerr, his coaching's been called into question. But when you look at Steve Kerr, what he's been able to do with this, this, this squad, these teams over the past few seasons, would you say that Steve Kerr is an elite-level coach, or is he a beneficiary of Steph Curry's greatness? Ah, that's a, that's a what came first, the chicken or the egg conversation. You know, um, they're both – I, I think they're both credited for what the success of that team. Um, you know, Kerr has given Steph and Clay and Draymond so much leeway and confidence to become what they are. Um, that is coaching. That is part of coaching. <laughs> that that I have this guy who's shooting. 35 footers when his brain says, go, let it go. And I can sit back and hey, keep, keep doing you, do you. Like to build the confidence. You got to remember, as a coach, to build that kind of confidence, you have to understand what that type of player is. You know what I mean? So forget the record. The product says he's a great coach. How Clay plays, how Draymond plays, um, um, how Curry plays is the product of you know, of Steve Kerr's coaching ability, that he can put these type of players in positions to be successful. So I want to talk about a Kerr disciple, your former teammate at Arizona, Luke Walton. Mm -hmm. So Luke got booted by the Kings. I want to say he was 68-93 in two seasons there. But the same Luke took that Warrior squad and had them on a record-setting pace when, when Steve Kerr was dealing with the backyotomy issues and all that <laughs> stuff. So do you feel like, you know, Luke's gotten a bad rap. Did he deserve to get booted by the Kings, or is that just something? Because, you know, my former teammate, Matt Barnes, who, who played with the Kings, and I, I talked to you recently on the Kings pregame show, he didn't necessarily feel that the organization is doing enough to put out a team that's worthy of whoever you put there to coach. is not going to be able to make, make, make much with that roster. So did Luke get the raw end of the deal, or was it time to make a move there? But, you know, the problem with <clears throat> being a coach is, or just a coach is, as a chef, you're not the one picking the items for you to cook on Thanksgiving. Someone else is picking it, and you're supposed to just make this, this, this feast, right? So no matter how brilliant you are as a coach, how smart you are as a coach, how you know, lean you are as a coach, if you're not picking the players that you, you can coach or that can play, it reflects on your record. So the coach is going to be fired first for a general manager that was picking these players. You know, you got to remember, the general manager is picking these players. And he's like, all right, I, this is, yeah, I know I, I could have had him, but I gave you him and him and him and him. And all right, make me something great. Oh, uh, yeah, this is, no, this is, you gave me a whole bunch of bricks and that's what you're going to get. I can warm these bricks up. I can, you know, put some ice on these bricks, but they're still bricks. And that's, that's the problem with coaching. Like, no, he doesn't deserve to get fired. You were expected to be that bad, period. Now it's just, are the players getting better? That's, that's the role of some of these coaches on certain teams. As long as the players are getting better, they're progressing, then there's no need to fire them. Like Houston Rockets coach, I expected you guys to be where you are last place. You, you, how, how are the players looking? Is Jalen Green, you know, how's his confidence? How is he playing? Like, you know, is he coming along the way I need to? You know, I'm not expecting them to be decent four years from now. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to be, it's not more coaching. It's just go through, it's part of the process. They didn't let it happen in, in, in SAC. That reminds me of another one of my teammates, Earl Watson at UCLA, was put in a situation with the Suns where, to your point, He's not making those personnel decisions. He's got a guy like Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. He's, I'm going to let Book roll. I'm going to let him get 70 pieces against Boston. I want his confidence to be at a supreme level. And now we're seeing the results of that, you know, later on now in his career with the Suns being a formidable squad and obviously top two in the West. So do you think Luke deserves another chance somewhere? Will he bounce back or? Yes, that's what I said. It all, it all depends. So like somebody like, you know, Earl Watson, like the new coach is benefiting 
from what Earl did with, <laughs> with him. You know, you built this guy up, you built this confidence, you built up, you know, you, you took those L's, but he's learning how to be a star. He's learning how to be efficient. He's learning how to be a gamer. You know, that's what that coach did. Now a new coach comes in and is like, look, he's a better coach. Look at, look at our team's success. Well, eh. <laughs> eh, it's not that's not how that works you know <laughs> that's not how that works so you know he he deserves and he deserves another chance he I mean depend, if you if you want him to win give him a winning situation and watch him then like we seen what he did with with um with Golden State when Kerr was out you know, no matter if you're just sitting there, like, it, it's not like you're just sitting there. He still got to sub, make great rotations. Because, come on, we got some, some coaches in this league that got great talent, but the rotations are horrible. And it shows on their record. So, I think I know where you're going with that. No, I'm we, just we, saying, we I'm just saying, I'm show, just saying, just, just period, just, just, just period. <laughs> just period. Not calling anybody, not calling anybody out. Because, you know, previous shows, I think you talked about rotations and lineups that you would like to see, and now it seems like certain teams that you're discussing are making shifts towards doing that. Yeah, that, that's what the beginning of the season is, is like. Just trying to figure out what you have going on to the – going on to, you know, Christmas, and after Christmas you got All-Star, and after All-Star break is when you start tightening your rotation up. You can't have a tight rotation at the beginning of the season. No. So you mentioned the Rockets. Let's talk about John Wall. I'm thinking what two years, $91 million of the team so far. Been looking for a trade partner, been unsuccessful mm -hmm. to this point. John Wall stated that he wants to he wants to help. I'm sure, you know, sitting at the crib not being able to do what you love. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be frustrating for any human being. Are the Rockets making the right decision now? Because there's been a lot of different reports out there that he wants to be a starter. He said that was cap. You know, are the Rockets doing the right thing now by just letting him sit and faster, or should they give him a look with this squad? Okay, um, this is like one of those things that's really not talked about um, when you you age out of a team's programming, you know, and that, that's where John Wall is. It was where um, Mello was a few years ago, where this team is young, right? They brung you in because the team was a little older and they were trying to make some noise in the playoffs, right? Everyone left. James Harden left. P.G. Tucker left. The, pe the pieces left. You're still there during rebuilding time. Well, we have three, four guards in that position. One, two, three, right? I need them to play. So the fact that you're going to be averaging 21 and 11, 21 and 10, is not going to help the record, and it's definitely not going to help the product that I'm trying to get fast forward for the future. So they're in a bad situation with John because if John was playing, yes, John is going to average 20 and 10, right? You got shooters. You got, you got young kids who's going to run up and down. Stats is going to be nice. But where does that, where does, that doesn't help them for the future. So they need their young guys, the Porter, um, the Guap, um, um, and Jalen. You, you need those guys, Kenya Martin Jr. You need those guys to really learn how to play. And with John Wall running the point, that won't happen. So the best thing for them to do was to bench him or try to trade him. But even in a reserve role, you can't see him playing, what, 15, 20 minutes you a game? You can't stop a star from being a star. You can't stop a, a dominant guy from being dominant. You know what I mean? You got to remember, with John Wall, we're going to be 13, 14, 15. Without him, 13, 14, 14 15 for sure. Um, but those guys get 46 minutes a night to learn how to be. You got to remember, once you start rebuilding, now it's getting those young players to, to, to turn over faster. So I need them to learn, 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 go out there and make mistakes, make mistakes, make mistakes. So I wouldn't need a John Wall sitting there controlling, making everything, you know, and he's making us the, the, the mistakes. I need those guys to really, really get in there, get in that fire and learn how to swim on their own. 
So if you're John Wall, how are you handling that type of situation? That's got I me, mean, you know, you're around the facility. Around it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that is, this is probably the most frustrated part of his career and will be going forward. You know, he just got to be a professional. Just, you know, work out, train, um, stay engaged. Um, under, just understand this is just part of it. This is, this is no different than trying to steal a position from another player. You know, or battling for a position or battling and trying to get there. You know, this is more of a mental battle right now where you have to stay engaged. You know, you can't lose hope. Um, you got to be a professional. You got to be a veteran. You know, that's, that's the role you're in right now. You know, just trying to lead by example of, you know, being a, prof a professional. I mean, you think it's right that the Rockets are able to essentially hold him hostage now. You got a guy who wants to play. I got, I'm making millions and millions and millions of dollars on the books. Is it, is it realistic to think that anybody's going to want that trade? I mean, we're seeing a similar situation with Ben Simmons. Like, I'm not going to trade for something that I haven't even get to see what it's worth. You know, I don't even know if, if, if trading – I mean, I'm pretty sure if they can trade him for some more young pieces, they would. It's just who's willing to give up young pieces. Yeah. So, so there's only a few situations that John Wall can actually go into, you know, you can't go into no bottom feeding team because that's all young. Now you're talking about a middle of the road team, right? That just needs one more player to help them boost up. So that's New York Knicks, um, which could possibly be a trade now yeah. that they bench Kimba. Um, New Jersey, I mean, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, since Kyrie's not playing, they can probably. You know, try to get you know a guard, a guard, another power guard into there. Um, Boston, maybe uh, Denver. Would you say you trade John Wall for Kyrie? No. What if Kyrie's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing. Like, no, no, it's not trade, trade form. It's trade because you got to remember, who, whoever Houston's taking back won't be a vet. They're, they're not, not, they're not looking for veterans. They're going to be looking for more young pieces. So if they got their one, two, threes, they're looking for four, fives that can add, that can grow. Because you got to remember that that team is basically 18 to 22, you know, 18, 23. So they have to fill in positions there. So, you know, him going to teams that has a chance to win. Because other than that, so basically 75% of the NBA is cut out of this trade for yeah. John Wall. The team that you mentioned, New York Knicks. Let's let's hit Kemba real quick. Obviously, news coming out. You know, he's out of the rotation. I think Alec Burke is going to fill his role in the starting lineup. Kemba struggled a little bit in his homecoming to New York. Do you feel like Thibs made the right decision benching him, or is there another are, way? Are you benching him because of his talent, or are you benching him because it's personal? You know, that that's the the, the real question because you look at his his stats. It's not bench worthy. I mean, there's no. I mean, you know, he's playing, you're paying him and you're playing him 22 minutes. I'm pretty sure he's frustrated. I'm pretty sure he's letting you know he's frustrated and that's what you're bitching him for. Um, but, you know, you, as Kimba, you had to see this coming. You got Derrick Rose over there coming off the bench. Um, that's Tibbs' guy. You know, he's done proving to Tim that he's a warrior. He knows how Tim, I mean, he knows how Tibbs wants to play. He, he's done shown what he can do. He's, you know, you can say he's back. Um, now you guys are competing on who's going to finish the game in the fourth quarter. You know, and the, the coach is going to go with the guy that's proven to him numerous times over and over. So he's going to play Derrick Rose over you in the last 10 minutes, last five minutes of that game anyway. So that's going to frustrate and you can't, can't play you both together because you guys are smaller guards. So the person who's on the out would have been Kimball anyway. So, you know, him probably complaining and being frustrated at the, the, the playing time and the rotation is probably what got him out of the rotation. And do you see a world, I think Bleacher Report put up a post uh, earlier this week saying that potential Kimba for John Wall trade could be in the cards. You think that makes sense on any level? No, because if John Wall comes in, it's the same thing that he's going to be fighting with Derrick Rose those last five minutes. You know, so the only thing that makes sense is 
if you know Derrick Rose is going to be playing that last five minutes of a game, then you need a guard who can also swing to the two. Um, you know, so a, a better trade would possibly be Philly. If they can get Ben Simmons over there, because, you know, you know, Ben Simmons don't have to be the point in the last five minutes. He can he can he can be a, a three, four, five at that at that point, at that point in the game where, you know, he can, you know. If you Philly though and you and they say we'll give you Kemba, it's like why are you gonna why do I want somebody that you're not even rocking with? You know what, that's that's the like, that's the, the big the, the the funny thing about trades, right? <laughs> But you know, Kimba's more Kimba's different because they can't use Kimba in the last five minutes because they have they have Rose. So it's not like we don't want him. We can't use him, and he's angry about it, and he's messing up team team chemistry. So he's just out of this rotation until we can figure out what we're going to do with him. And what do you think happened? They, they they end up trading him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you had to guess, for a, a realistic destination, for somebody to want to take on Kimba in this contract. Um, somebody who, you know, he's a small guard, so, you know, if he's still trying to start, you know, it has to be a team that doesn't have a, a guard. Other than that, you know, this is one of those, those things where he can be pushed to a six-man. You know, he can be pushed to a six-man role and be a finisher at the, in the last five minutes. Um, but, you know, that's, that's more of chess at this point, trying to figure out what destination, what teams need your skill set. All right, now let's head out to the frigid Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. Right now, they're not even in the playoff game. They're, they're, they're comfortably in the sixth spot. Not comfortable, but I'm just saying they're, they're, they're surprising. And I, last year, you talked about Anthony Edwards, mm -hmm. and you had concerns about him as a rookie being that third option with Cat and D'Lo. I think uh, this year he's established himself as – one of the top young talents in the league. But I want to get your, get your take. When you look at Ant-Man and his progress over the past year, you know, do you still feel that way or has your opinion changed? <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit, man? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, sometimes we get it wrong. You know, it, when, I, when I made the, the, it was like, who could possibly be a bust, right? It was one of those type of discussions. And when you look at one, two, three, you're looking at who's already there. So it's like, you know, you got D'Lo, you got, um, you know, Cat, and he can, you know, this number one pick can go in as a third option. Um, that can probably be disastrous for him. Um, you have Wiseman, who's going to Golden State. That is a possible um, bust, you know, position. But, you know, they don't have any... He can get easy buckets because he got all shooters. So you, you had those two. You know, um, Ball was going in as the man. So he's going to get all the freedom to do with everything, you know, he wanted. So it was one of those things where, you know, I was picking which was the most likely. Yeah. And I was wrong. I was, I was totally wrong. So that, man's, watch him now, that man's nice. Oh. <laughs> that man's nice. I mean, aside from just the personality, which I love, and just, you know, he, he's a walk-in. You know what? That's what, got, that's what got me before the game. Just listening to his interviews, I was like, yo, this dude is hilarious. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's just so quotable. It's like there's nothing you can hate about this dude when they put a mic in front of him. Yeah. And the fact that his game is just so, like, explosive. I think there was concerns even initially up top with him, you know, not, not maybe loving basketball as much as people would want, but he's the type of dude when he gets on the court and it's time to produce and time to perform, he's going to give it his all. Do you, you look at any guys, like were there guys you played with that maybe didn't love the game but had so much natural talent? Not to say, yeah, not to say uh, you don't yeah, love yes, it, but, yes. but guys that can go out there and I'm going to still drop 30 on your head. Yes, and, yes, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bunch. And, <laughs> like, what names come to mind when you think about that? Okay, so – this player is, like, you got to remember, like, growing up, he was one of my favorites players. The first NBA autograph that I've ever received, Vince Carter. Okay. So, like, as a hooper, as a hooper, Vince was supposed to be the next MJ, the heir. He 
that's the talent he possessed. That's the talent that from the naked eye you can see, man, he's unstoppable. When he got mad, you could not contain Vince Carter. But Vince Carter was just a chill dude, and that's how he played the game. So it was one of those things like, man, like you, you could have arguably, you can argue that you had the most attributes the league has ever seen from shooting, dribbling, jumping, off one foot, off two foot, moving in the air. Like you, you can say you arguably had it more than Jordan. Uh, you know, when it comes to just body control and, and you didn't, you, you, you didn't dominate the way you should have. I mean, the fact that you lasted 20 years just tells us how gifted you were. <laughs> you know, it just tells you how gifted you were, that you can still be a high-level athlete 20 years in at the age of 41. You still, still got a 40-inch vertical. Like right now, you tell him to dunk, no warm, he's still going to dunk. Yeah. That, that's how gifted he was. So the fact that he's not put into that category as top three ever played is like one of those things that like, because as a fan, it's like, Argh. yeah, not for sure. Like, like, Argh. like I will always just, it, but it's a love, it's a love poke. It's not like, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say I hate it. It's just a love poke. Like, oh, you could have been better. So when you look at Ant-Man, I mean, some, I think, prematurely have drawn comparisons to Michael Jordan, just in terms of skill set, athleticism. Do you feel like he can get to that level at some point? You know, having the attributes is one thing, right? Wanting to put in that work is another. You know, um, sometimes, you know, the game is so easy for, for people with certain attributes, like, you know, like, Ant-Man, you, you know, you, you have, you know, like somebody like Vince. Everyone is so beneath you when it comes to athleticism. When you do get mad and you say, all right, all right, y'all know me now, and you're sitting there and it just, you just take over, it becomes so easy that it doesn't challenge you. You know what I mean? So going into a summer saying, yo, I have to work on this, 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 and improving my game to be the best doesn't register. Because it's so easy. Like, ah, oh, wait till the end of the summer, run a couple miles, get ready for training camp, and then, eh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, just, it's just sometimes it, you know, those guys are put into the category of top 10 ever just because of their attributes. To be one or two, it's having the determination of being the greatest ever. That's a whole nother mindset. For sure. And I mean, I think personally, just looking at him and knowing how hard he works, and that's the thing. I feel like he got a bad rap coming in just because he knew he was going to be number one pick, you know, freak athlete and all the stuff he could do. But it seems like he's adding levels and layers to his game now. He's improved from year one to year two. And to your point, that's the thing I get excited about, even looking at somebody like a Giannis. Like, Giannis started hooping when he was like 14, 15 years old, right? Going up in Greece, selling watches and DVDs and stuff. That wasn't, hoop wasn't a priority. But there's still layers and levels you can add to his game. And if he can get a, a consistent jumper and things like that, which that's just, you know, that summer work that you want to see guys come back with that different skill set. But I also don't want Ant-Man to become so dependent on the athleticism that now, like you're saying, as he gets to year five, six, seven, you can't really do that anymore. You look at somebody like a Blake Griffin who mm -hmm. came in and it's like, yeah, you can do all those wild and crazy dunks, but you're not going to be able to sustain that. Yeah, it, it, that's what I said. It's just, it's just understanding the, 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 the progression of, of your skill. You know, so if you look at Greek the Freak, he was a skinny kid coming in, right? A skinny kid who had a skill. Yeah. And that's what we're not – he did have a skill when he first came in. He was just a, this wiry player, and he's getting pushed around. Then he hit the weight room, and then he became a bully, <laughs> right? Then he became a bully. Now we're complaining about the bully, <laughs> bullying the bullies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things for Ant-Man that he needs to really go into a summer – not saying he needs to right now. You know, he's, he's progressing well. Going to a summer and then just be like, yo, I want to be the best player next year. I want to I wanna be MVP can. And he treats a summer like that. That's going to be a whole different player. You know, this player is just, the player we're seeing right now is just having fun with his ability. The player who decides to say, you know what, I, I want to be an MVP player. And that summer that his mindset is going into wanting to be an MVP, when he comes into that season, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's here. 
You know what I mean? It's just getting that mindset of earlier than later. Most definitely. And I guess, I guess to ask you, what's a successful season for the Timberwolves look like? You know, they, you know, you got three, you got three star-like players over there. So, you know, not putting them in the top five would be disrespectful to who they are. Them not being top five is a disrespectful to how they played. You know what I mean? So it, it's on the onus of both, both mindsets. You guys have three players that's averaging twenty. You should be a top five team. You know what I mean? So the fact that. You're six, you're playing under what you guys really are. You know what I mean? You, you guys might need to self-check each other and say, hey, listen, together, yeah, we're, we're, 60, we're 60 points in. It's, it's going to be hard to beat us if we really come out and try to actually win games. I think we're seeing that now. I mean, they're 11 and 10, bro. It's, I mean, uh, look, they're 11 and 10. Hey, not, for Timberwolves, that's, you know. I mean, for the Timberwolves, that's cool. That you know, but words, it man. ain't cool if you got three players that's averaging 20. No, for sure. <laughs> but let's, let's shift things to college uh, quickly. Now, moves to the Pac-12. You know, we could talk about UCLA, obviously the premier dominant team in the conference. But let's shift to auxiliary teams. Your Arizona <laughs> Wildcats, new head coach, Tommy Lloyd in there. You're a little cold on them initially. Do you like what you're seeing from the from this Wildcat squad? All right, um, number eleven. I hate country. giving compliments out to you know, um, you know, it's 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 one of those Steve Kerr moments, you know, that the team that you have is not your actual team. You didn't you didn't bring these players there. They were already there when you got there. So now it's more of how does the players feel, right? Um, and the players like this offense a lot better. So that means, yes, what he's doing is great then because if you have this group who played under another coach and they're liking your offense better because it's running smoother, it's more to their attributes, then you are a coach that should be praised for your impact on what's going on. Because, you know, no matter what you get, if you can't turn it, if you can't, you know, maximize the talent around, then, you know, then you shouldn't be credit at all. But the fact that they, they are playing a style of basketball that I was accustomed to seeing, you know, when I played, you know, it shows a lot of credit. So he should get his credit even though. This is a more important question. Are we pulling up to the Arizona-UCLA game? And Polly Pavilion, and if so, can you get the Arizona plug so we can get some good seats? Oh, you want them seats? Them, them I, I can get them. Yeah, them right behind the bench. Yeah, I can get you bench. those. I can get you those get behind the Arizona bench. I can get you those. I can. I can. How much bread are we putting on? Like, what's what's a successful game for Arizona? Like, how much do y'all need to lose by for you to be like, okay? This what's the spread? Good. It depends on what the spread is. Let's go money line. Oh, money, G. Now I give you, I give you like three points. Oh, three points. That's cool. I give you like three points. Y'all rank what? Two right now? Uh, I think we're five now. We, we had a little stumble against Gonzaga. Yeah, but Gonzaga's number one. Yeah, you but, know, but that, I mean, you got your ass whooped badly, but you know, you that's. Smack, you know, yeah, I got bad. It, it, it was a smacking. It was a smacking. Vegas. But, too much time in Vegas. Buffets. It was too much. You know, it's it's going to be a battle because you, you it's it's two different styles. So we'll see what happens. But if you're going to give me three points, I'm going to take those three. Well, I, we got to, what, you know, we're about, what, about 50 days away? Or we're about 20, 29 days away, whatever about 20, that, about, Yeah, about, about four weeks away. Yeah, about so four me, weeks let away. Let me see where we're at in four weeks. We, okay. we, we, oh, we, look we at you. Look we at you. Y'all supposed to be favored to win this year, and you're backing out. We can talk. You know, injury <laughs> bugs, there's a lot of things that can happen. All right, we're going to do a segment now called, Oh, By The Way. You okay. made some predictions earlier on, you know, in previous episodes. Okay. Talked about the Boston Celtics. You don't have a Twitter, but apparently Celtics Twitter's been coming at you. I've muted most of those human beings, so I don't see it. Okay. But apparently, <laughs> apparently they've been coming for you over your comments. Celtics are now at 11 and 10 in the East. Uh, do you feel like you want to retract anything? Like, what do you Wait, have to what, say what, to the Celtics Twitter right now? What, 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 what are they coming at me for? I think you said the team was boo-boo. 
and and they're eleven and ten. And they're eleven. And 10. So they're they're boo boo still. Okay, okay all right. Okay. I, like so, they're still boo boo. Okay, got it. All right, and what? Who, <laughs> that was it. I mean, I mean, like, I mean so they're, they're mad because I called them boo boo. And so you have some, some some pointed comments about Marcus Smart, uh, Marcus Smart, the Marcus Smart Hive, which may not be too smart. It came at you. It's basically said that Marcus Smart has more playoff wins than you have. How do you feel about that? But wait, playoff win? Oh, I thought you, I thought you said playoff points. Wins, woo, okay, um, yeah, we're, I, I guess if that's what, if that's what they're going to try to get to, playoff wins, I mean, I'm pretty sure he has more playoff minutes, um, more playoff games played, you know, I think I've only played in, what, two, three series, and he still hasn't beat me in playoff points, that's, I don't, I, I don't even know why we can even talking about Marcus Spart and me when it comes to just Playing the game. I just look. I do it. I'm. I do what I'm asking. So I was right. I do what I'm asking. So I was. Ba- so show. so basically, I was right. If they went all the way to playoff wins, I was right. And why do you have? I don't like Celtics because you're not even on Twitter. So why is Celtics Twitter so in their feelings? If you had to guess, like you Dr. know, when, Phil, when, Dr. Phil for a moment. Okay, th- this is why. Listen, they suck. All right. So and <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when media makes it seem like you're. Better than what you are, they kind of get in their feelings. Um, nothing against like Boston Celtics players. It's just you, you, your team sucks. That's that's it. It's just the team sucks right now. That's like Marcus Smart. His gift is not with this type of team. A few years ago, when he was, you got to remember, a few years ago he was the fourth option, right? As a fourth option, he's a great bridge player. Meaning he does all the little things. He's the P.J. Tucker. He does all the little things that helps them become great. Well, that team is only two stars now. So that makes him third option. That team's not good enough for that. Because now he wants a bigger role. So he needs to be on a team that's ready to just turn over. You know, his skill set is to put you over the top. So he's supposed to be the Avery Bradley of the Lakers. Switch those two out. Lakers have a better. Yeah, that's you. You, you want to market smart over David Bradley. You know, so Celtics obviously, you know, not performing at the level that some think they should. Do you think they're at where they're supposed to be? Yeah, they're. That's, what if, yeah, they're perfect. This is so they're overexceeding expectations. In, in think about it. Okay, you lost Hayward, right? That was a that was a twenty point score. You lost him. You lost Kimba, right? So you have you have scores that's gone. You have two players that's trying to figure out who they are, what they are in this league. You shouldn't be expected to win anything. Let them go into the seat. Hey, listen, you guys are the two stars. Don't care about winning. Do your thing. But the fact that they think they're this top, this, this top team is like, it's delusional. It's more delusional than Bucks thinking they're going to repeat. You know, I'm just saying, it's just, there's just some things that's just delusional in this, in this game, and th- those are one of the two. As you know, I pander to Milwaukee. <laughs> My dad works for the squad. Oh, they man, brought, you in this, delu- this delusion. 17 tickets for the Lakers game, so I got to <laughs> give it up to the city. Beautiful people. <laughs> are you, and you said they were, they were going to win again for another 50 years. Yes, facts. Boogie Cousins added to the roster. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, another 50 years. 49. 49.7. I mean, I mean, come on. That's not who you need. I mean, you know, Boogie Cousins helps them, but. Can, can that squad, I mean, looking at. The, the East, no. The East is weak. No Kyrie no. on the net. No. Can that squad come out of the East again? Absolutely no way. No. All right, we're going. Because you, you, you didn't do, like, I call it like this. You wanted chip. Right, you won, but we don't. We're not going to take away the win. We're going to talk about how you won, right? So reality has to kick in in the summer. You won. You 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 got out of the first round. You were getting manhandled against the Nets. Kyrie goes down. James Harden was not playing in this series. Kyrie and KD was kicking y'all ass. Kyrie gets hurt game four. Y'all win. James Harden is put into play, who's, who hasn't been playing. 
because of the hamstring. So now you basically have a, a one in a, not even a half a player in James Harden. One in 10 first game, shot nine shots, game six. So you don't really have the James Harden. So you, you get out of that series. You was getting manhandled by Trey Young. You didn't even know how to stop him. Y'all had to call in the referee for that one. You know what I mean? So you get out of that series. You go against the Suns. First two games, you get smacked. They had to call in. They had to, <laughs> they had to call in the kryptonite to Chris Paul. They had to call in the kryptonite to Chris Paul to get two wins. You won a championship. That's cool. Don't go into the summer thinking you guys were a championship team, is all I'm saying. Okay. Improve. Everybody else improved. Improve. You didn't improve. You don't think that squad improved? No. Who did they get? Uh, George Hill, Grayson Allen, who's been playing solid. They got Boogie now. Okay. I'm just telling I'm just, you ask me a question, I'm, I'm responding. Yeah. This is what I want to know. This is what I want to know. You got, you, you, okay, D plus. Bucks go back to the finals. Will you show up to a Bucks home game in a Giannis jersey? I like Giannis, so I, yeah. You'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, it's just, I just want to see it. It's just having a Bucks uniform on is the bad part. <laughs> he don't have, like, no Nike gear or you no Adidas gear. You can wear what I'm saying is that Giannis ain't got no, no, no gear, no outside of Giannis couple you can, gear. You, you like, can I can wear, wear. I need a Greek freak or whatever. Yeah, I can do a Greek freak shirt. You know, okay, for you sure, know for that's sure. cool. I like Greek. That's what I said. I like the player. I like the player. I like him. Like, I've seen a video of his, him and his dad, and he's doing push-ups, and his dad is just killing him. And the fact that he's just struggling and just, like, that's a warrior, man. Like, I can't, I can't complain about the warrior himself. All right, Milwaukee, you heard it. If y'all make the finals again, you might squander his Adidas contract by wearing a Giannis Nike jersey to a Bucks game. But we will see if it's gonna happen. But we appreciate y'all. That, that was No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. It's the Heat Check Special Edition episode. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. We'll be back with more very, very soon.